Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Joined by Kunj. How you doing? Mm. Yeah. That's it. That's it. <laughs> that sounds about right. That's okay, well, that's, uh, that's been the Pinstripe Alley podcast, and uh, we'll talk <laughs> to you next week. We should just get Chewbacca to come on. <laughs> One day I'm just going to record fully as Chewbacca yeah. voices. <laughs> get um, the, new vo- the new actor for Chewbacca on, on the pod. Get his thoughts on the Yankees. <laughs> Yeah, it's I mean it's 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 weird because the Yankees are still weirdly okay because as we record this they are 6 and 5. They they will play this game against the Tigers tonight. Luis Severino gets Eduardo Rodriguez that we won't get to. But technically they're tied for first place. Uh I don't think we really care too much about the standings at this point, but it's more just funny than anything else because Blue Jays and Red Sox are also six and five and the Rays are six and six. But, right. you know, the uh, offense is still not really scoring runs and they just got their asses kicked by the Orioles daunting pitching. Hmm. Yeah, exactly. And the Orioles have three wins so far this year. Two of them come against the Yankees. Like, is that good? what are we doing here? Is that and what you want? Exactly it's exactly the same thing as last year, where if the Yankees just took care of business, win one more game against the Orioles. Yeah. And, and it's it, a lot the, better. The way that those losses went down to just ex- especially maddening because they scored one run in 11 innings against them in the opener. Then they were mostly shut out in the second game. And if like there was a scenario where it rained enough and then that game ends after five innings and then they get swept. But they turned it around. They scored four runs in one inning, and they won that one for great. Then on Sunday, they lose five nothing. It's a bad relief outing from uh, our old friend, stay home dad, Lucas Licky. But I'm not gonna really blame him when the Yankees no, did not score, score a run <laughs> against and they was- Bruce they Zimmerman a- and company. <laughs> they wasted a uh, Nestor Cortez Ugh. beautiful start. That was a crime. Mr. Cortez, career high, 12 strikeouts, and just like filthy, filthy. Also threw an immaculate inning. Yes, he did. Three up, three down, nine strikes, three strikeouts, no balls. All Nestor, all stash. Yeah. The rules. power of the stash. <laughs> yeah, and the Yankees gave him no support, so great, thanks. <laughs> Ooh. Classic, classic yeah. Yankees office. Dylan Lawson, fire him, roar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's like now it's especially just at the Yankees' feet because they changed the hitting coach and they may just be adjusting to a new philosophy. And that's part of the growing pains of it. But first 11 games of 2022, it's just been more of the same from this offense. And it's maddening, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
And like, there's players you have faith in, like, obviously, Giancarlo had a better start, but you know, has been kind of a little bit quiet since like the Boston series. Judge has been kind of eh, overall, like he's been good, but nothing like, you know, he hasn't gone on one of his Aaron Judge tears. Yeah, um, like um, so obviously it, RBI is not a statistic that's really predictive or anything, but it's it tells you about what's happened. And Judge has driven in only one run so far, which is very weird. That, that, that and it was on his own run. solo home run. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so but like you expect those guys to kind of turn around but like there's players like Joey Gallo. I just don't oh. know what's going to happen here. It's been since he came to New York last year, it's been rough. Uh, you would hope that like, you know, he had like the off season to kind of adjust and kind of come back to it. And yeah, yeah, it's still early. He may still turn it around, but you know, when you combine what we saw since his trade from Texas last year to what we've seen so far this year, it's just, I, I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, like the Joey Gallo we saw in the second half last year would be an improvement on what we've seen from this guy who has got right. four singles and that's it. None of them, no extra base hits striking out all over the place, 15 and through the end of play on Tuesday, he was at 121, 256, 121. That's a 17 Ooh. OPS plus for the scoring at home, which is terrible. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, Yay. and Esteban had a good article that came out recently uh, for us talking about how, yes, Joey Gallo is still, you know, getting a high hard hit percentage, and that's some sign, but he's also adding a lot of topspin to his contact. And because of that, the hard hit balls are not really doing much. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, like it's keep hitting the ball hard, but just also hit it better. That's my analysis. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's gotten to the point where you're watching him to come to the bat and you're just like, nothing good's going to come of this. And I hate that feeling because you, we know deep down Joey Gallo is a good baseball player and probably whenever he leaves the Yankees, he will figure it out again. And maybe he'll figure it out this year. You know, we could be optimistic, but yeah, why not? when he gets into these slumps, it's just he looks like the worst baseball player you've ever seen. <laughs> Yeah, and like even when you know he's on and doing his normal Joey Gallo things, he's not like a high average guy. So no, you know I'm not looking for him to hit anywhere near 300 or anything like that. But you know, hit the ball with some authority, which I guess technically he has been doing, hitting the ball hard. But extra base hits, where's that power? Where's I, I don't know. It's just it's something's got to him. He's got to figure something out. <laughs> yeah, because we are already to the point where we're questioning like how much time Glaber Torres should be getting because the best lineup does not really have Glaber Torres in it when you have, you know, DJ LeMahieu, Anthony Rizzo, Isaiah Conifalefa, Josh Donaldson, all contributing in their own ways, much more than Glaber, who is you know, right. not doing much with the bat or the glove, really. There's been a few nice plays a second, but also a few weird mistakes. And then they tested him at shortstop again briefly the other day, and that was not great. So... We're back to uh, with Glaber too. Yeah, he should be like the Yankees version of the sixth man. Like, probably, yeah, first man off the bench, sure, but he really shouldn't be playing uh, significantly right now, especially because DJ, you know, has looked good again, like bounced back from a rough year last year. At least, again, it's still early, but he's looked a lot better. And obviously, defensively, we we've, we've always known, you know, what he can do there. 
So that's just been a welcome sight, at least, you know, to find some light in the darkness. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to see that he's been able to man third base, no problem. I know that the triceps injury was giving him problems with that at the right. end of last year. So that allows the Yankees to, if they want, shift Josh Donaldson to a DH spot. They still want to start him. He hasn't gotten off with the best start with the bat. He had the opening day walk off, but really has not done much since. But he's been playing good defense at third, so that's been really nice to see. He actually helped yesterday in the first game of the Tigers when uh, Clay Holmes came in and he made that play at the plate to save a run instead of letting the Tigers tie it up. Yeah, that was a great pick. Great pick, great throw. Well executed. And, you know, that's – I should also say it was a good tag by Kyle Higashioka too, who at least is, you know, doing what he was – tasked with doing on the defensive side of the ball right he's been a complete nightmare at the plate that's there's no getting around that and it's honestly he has to do better than 103 (laughs) with 138 slug and no walks but we'll get there later i suppose yeah yeah piggy we're not even (laughs) asking you to be like it just hit to Chris Stewart levels right now and wants I'm to step even, up. I'm not even asking him to be good. No. <laughs> Stop embarrassing to, yourself, man. I don't even need you to be okay. Yeah. Just work your way up to bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you should aspire to. Aspire to bad because the level that you're at right now is the pits. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, at least he's doing what he's doing defensively, but except for, you know, helping Garrett Cole pitch, because apparently that's what he was good at last year and he isn't doing that this year. Yeah, maybe maybe they'll break up or something. <laughs> like, you know what? I want to throw to Stravino now. I'm tired of Hickey. It's his fault. Is Hickey, the, is Hickey the main catcher on the team? So maybe that's why Cole needs Trevino. To... <laughs> yeah. yeah, Garrett Cole is... It's weird that he has been maybe the worst pitcher on this team so far. <laughs> like, I think right now, um, Loiska's numbers are worse, but that's because he had the one really bad blow up. Other than that, right. I think he's been fine. But uh, Cole has just looked bad in each of his three starts. There have been like some positive signs here and there. Like he rebounded from the dumb Billy Crystal opening day thing to pitch well in the last few innings. And <laughs> in the second, in his second start, he just got annihilated by Vlad Jr., which happens. He dominated the rest of the Blue Jays. But then... Right. Against the Tigers, he just could not get any sort of command at all. It was one of the most painful innings I've ever watched a pitcher try to struggle through. Kept walking dudes. Walked the yeah, seven, eight, what? nine hitters in the Tigers lineup, which is not great. And I know it was a cold night in Detroit. It's hard to get a grip, and there's a lot of excuses. But at the end of the day, your ace has got to pitch better against the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I mean, 68 pitches, five walks, and not even making it out of the second inning is not going to cut it for your $324 million man. No. To his credit, though, the one thing I will give Garrett Cole after yesterday, and that's because I've noted that he's kind of a big baby sometimes, you know, aka back to when his Billy Crystal made him pitch bad. He didn't complain too much about, like, the weather or anything like that. He just kind of took it on himself, said that, you know, he was trying to do a little too much, trying to be a little too perfect, um, and that recognizing that he just needed to be better. So I'll give him that itty, itty bitty minuscule piece of credit right there just for not complaining again mm. <laughs> and not being another a big baby again. Yeah. Congrats. The little, little small things, you know. But I will say it's early enough. I'm not quote-unquote worried about Garrett Cole just yet. Uh, no, yeah. If this he's is, been the it's best, three starts. It's, it's fine. 
if he's been the worst pitcher through the first like two three weeks, then that's a good thing because he's like the one who you believe the most to turn it around, and he's going to end up being like probably the Yankees' best pitcher anyway because that's just what he is. So as long as the rest of the team, the rest of the pitching staff is delivering and you know performing the way they have been, you you can live with giving Garrett like a couple starts to kind of just figure out what the hell's going on and maybe you know turning it around. Well, not maybe, but he should be turning it around. Yeah, to me, it's completely fair to be annoyed with Garrett Cole's first few starts, but it's not time to, you know, smash that panic button yet. Let's, uh, oh, absolutely. let's get yeah. past April first and probably yeah, like, you can preach patience like we do, but you could also be absolutely annoyed by it. Like I think yeah. we both are. <laughs> this is fandom. It's what it's about. Yeah. Plus how can There's we ask him? How can we ask Garrett Cole to pitch like a true ace Nestor Cortez? I mean, that's just asking for above and beyond. Right. So, yeah. It's because Garrett Cole doesn't have a mustache. I know we should grow a mustache. Come on, get a little caterpillar there. Everyone, every, everyone in the pitching staff should have stashes. Yeah, the pitching stash. Nestor, come on though. Seventeen strikeouts in nine to third innings is just yeah. really funny. His FIP is negative point two seven, which I think is good. <laughs> If only that counted for actual runs, maybe. It's like, oh, actually, yeah, that's that's the real secret to get the Yankees to score runs. Uh, allow negative runs, and then you get runs. Yeah. Oh, congrats. The Yankees beat the Baltimore Orioles negative two to zero. Hell yeah. They did it. Um, it's It's been something to see Nestor get off to the start, though. And it's you don't think that it's going to last like that long, but there's no denying that he does have late action on his pitches and such a wide arsenal that it's somehow not surprising to see him go on a run like this. We saw him do this at points last year too. Yeah. Like I don't think you're surprised to see him have good games. I don't think you're surprised to see that the talent is there and all that. I think you're surprised to see how dominant he's been. Obviously we're talking about two starts or whatever, but still like, it's just mind blowing a little bit. And you hope it continues, but like he's never really pitched enough to kind of go back and be like, oh, yeah, no, he has this pedigree where like, you know, yeah, he could put it all together for a full season. I hope he does. And yeah, that'd be, be beautiful. Fun, uh, it's going to be a fun story to watch, but it's 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 definitely no guarantee. So you just got to enjoy the ride while it lasts. Yeah. Shout out to John for picking Nestor Cy Young and, he, and Andrew Heaney or Cy Young in the National League. So he's uh, <laughs> he's living up this first stretch of 2022 yeah john likes to live on the wild side maybe even more than me my, yeah. my picks are just aaron judge and john carlos they both breaking the home run record yeah well, the yankees only losing one game that was your mistake for betting on the offense so yes yeah i bet but, on the two people who i can rely on that's true in reality we're probably looking at if each of these starters has a potential to go on little mini runs like this throughout the season, Nestor's is coming early and we love it, but it wouldn't be shocking at all to see Tyone do that. It would be shocking to see Montgomery do this or Seve, who's also pitched pretty well so far. And of course, Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole. So this is like living the highs of Nestor Cortez and hopefully someone else will be there when he comes back down to earth just a little bit. Or maybe he yeah, won't. For Tyone, we saw it like in the middle of summer last year when he just went on that run. It was it August or July or some overlap of the two. But yeah, I mean, he July. Yeah, it was when he was pitcher he was, of the month. He was the de facto ace. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Cole got COVID and then was out for like two weeks. And uh, Tyone's like, well, I guess I'll just do it myself. <laughs> Tyone went full Thanos. Yeah, 
But yeah, no, even Sevi, like, you know, it's just encouraging to see him after so long and like, you know, kind of come back and and just be good and effective. And it's like what we've missed for the last three years. Yeah, and he looked um, great against a very tough lineup of the Blue Jays. Right. So that's not yeah. nothing. And he's just always so fun to watch pitch because he pitches with so much emotion and like in a good way. Like he's just fired up. He's amped up. He's ready to go. He, he's just exciting to watch on the mound, like just go through his uh, pitches and, you know, just mow down a lineup. It's just, it's literally watching like an artist that works sometimes. I felt like uh, I was being transported back to like 2017, 2018 with how he looked there and how right. it was like watching him like really take over a ball game. Yeah which he seems to be doing so far, like, you know, like the pitching staff overall, like the rotation, the bullpen, everything's been good. If the offense can go going, like this team could actually do something, which, you know, we really doubted or whatever, but the pitching has the talent we know. And like, they've got a good, good leader in, in uh, Matt Blake to like kind of help them through any struggles. If the offense can, you know, wake up a little bit and, you know, start hitting consistently, like that'll be something. <laughs> Yeah, and the bullpen has just been exceptional, as you said. It's right. It's fun to see like a different guy come out every day and basically take the lead. We've seen Clark Schmidt do that. We saw Michael King do this in relief of Verolas Chapman the other day, when Chapman didn't have it. Clay Holmes has been great. Chad Green, Miguel Castro, neither of them have allowed a run. Even like uh, Ron Marinaccio and J.P. Sears, neither of them allowed to run. J.P. Sears got <laughs> cleared out so that uh, the Yankees could go back to a four-man bench after that 10 games in 10 days. But right. everyone, basically everyone in that bullpen has looked great. Where is Marinaccio? I feel like he hasn't pitched in a week. He's still on the team. He, they just, you know. <laughs> did, he, did he just upset Aaron Boone or something? <laughs> no, I think he's just, you know, they've been going with other pitchers. And no, no, I know. I'm, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, and, and even like uh, the Detroit game, like yesterday, the first game, like Clay Holmes, he he kind of started off a little rough. Um, obviously, uh, Josh Donaldson to build him out a little bit, but then he bounced back and like recovered and looked really, really good. And it's just like, no matter who you who you're throwing out there from the bullpen, it's not like it's not it's not like oh god, like why is it Boone going to this guy? Why is Boone going to this guy? You can really go to any of the guys in there, and it's not a bad idea. Like yeah, somebody may have a bad game or something like that, but at that, like the way this uh, the bullpen has been assembled, there's really no bad choices out there. Yeah, and even if someone's having an off day, just have them pitch three batters and go on to the next guy because odds are it seems like the, they'll pick him up. So yeah, and yeah, so like like yesterday, Cole didn't even last two innings, and yet the bullpen went what had got 22 outs, didn't allow a run. Mm -hmm. <laughs> they had a couple walks, couple hits, whatever, but. The only real threat was against uh, Clay Holmes. And, you know, again, between him bouncing back and Josh Allison, they saved it and they saved the game. Yeah. And especially Clark Schmidt, who was the hero of yesterday. Yeah. Wanda Peralta got four outs too. So yeah. <laughs> you're, you're not, you're not upset at that. No. And even Aroldis Chapman had an incident free, easy save. Which yeah. You for once. Really see that often, I feel like. Honestly, that was almost a bit of an upset given the weather and how he can sometimes struggle with command and then also how he looked in his previous two games when he could not throw right. a strike yeah he goes through his phases where like he'll go he'll be like two weeks where he just looks unpitchable and then he'll go like three weeks where he looks unhittable and then he'll go like a month where he looks unpitchable again yeah <laughs> it's weird how he's almost like the biggest wild card of the bullpen right like a bit maybe it's just because like if one of the other relievers occasionally has a bad day, you're like, okay, 
well that happens but because like chapman's come in little bunches it's just like <laughs> and that's the thing it's like the other guys i feel like they spread it out a little bit better where yeah. it's like oh yeah okay chad green will have a bad game in april and then another one in august and it's like okay whatever but or all this like he'll have just a bad april a good may a bad june and july and then he'll be good again in august and september like it the fact that like if he has a bad game you know like the next game or two at least are also going to be rough yeah and and he's your 17 million dollar closer on top of that yeah well in this weird early start to 2022 he is uh fifth in b war on the team which uh yes. i don't know what that says about this team but eh? yeah well we are walk us through the, please the, the, the b war leaderboard yes which <laughs> which is at its most entertaining honestly in the early stage of the season because i guarantee you if you were to pick the top 12 guys in war right now you would at least include garrett cole or aaron judge on, uh, just because of who they are but they are not on the list, and neither is Giancarlo Stanton. Yeah, or even Aaron Judge, because like he hasn't been playing great, but he's been playing league average. But yeah, he's been uh, it's not enough to crack this. No, <laughs> because of course the man with the stash leads the team, Nestor Cortez with 0.7 war. Duh. <laughs> Following him is Michael King, 0.6, and Clark <laughs> Schmidt, thanks to yesterday's game. <laughs> All at uh, half a war. Then you have Aaron Hicks, Aroldis Chapman, DJ LeMayhew, who we talked about bouncing mm-hmm. back and having a good season. Oh, Aaron Hicks, we haven't talked about him. Like he's hey, he responded we... to us yelling at him. So thank you. Yeah, <laughs> thank you're you. welcome. And it's it's nice to see competent center fielder out there because it's been rough when it wasn't like Aaron Judge or Joey Gatt. Well, and when it wasn't Aaron Judge playing center, <laughs> so that's been nice to see again. But yeah, anyway, so after Chapman, you got DJ LeMayhew, Miguel Castro, Luis Severino, Anthony Rizzo, Jose Trevino, <laughs> Isaiah Kainer-Balafa, and Chad Green. Just as we all 12 Yankees, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, it's like, yes, those are 12 Yankees. <laughs> like, you just picked and, them out of a hat. <laughs> right. And the fact that IKF and his, like, 93 OPS plus are even cracking this at least he's showing you know he's bounced back defensively i guess is what i'm gonna say <laughs> yeah which is what we all want with the bat. right he even got a couple stolen bases yesterday too so that's where he can make a difference on offense if he can get on base so good that's the big if is if he oh, can get on base yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right so this is the weird weird early 2022 yankees maybe things will get a little bit more normal or maybe it'll just get weirder who's to say who knows yeah but i mean they do have things working in their advantage in the sense that they actually have like a what should be a relatively easy schedule coming up they're you know between today and like now and the next time we record they're going to finish up the series against detroit they're going to play the first ever series against the Cleveland, I can say their name now, Guardians. Mm. And then they return home to face the Orioles. So maybe I guess they are facing the, the toughest team in the league for them. <laughs> oh, no. No. Yeah, so like, if they can take advantage of their their scheduling luck for the next week, they can put themselves in a good position because yeah. then after that they're going to head to their uh, head to Toronto for their full, first full series first series there which we may have some good news about that 
Maybe. Every time they ask Aaron Boone about it, he like sort of gives an answer, but then not really. And then it's just like, well, I guess we'll just see who ends up being in the clubhouse. then. Yeah. Like he kind of hinted at like full vaccination or at least important folks vaccination because he was asked about it again. And because uh, in order to cross the border, you have to be fully vaccinated two weeks before you're entering. So it's not even just like, you, like anybody could get the shot the day before or anything like that. So which is pretty much around this time. And so he was asked about it and he obviously was very vague and he's like, oh, I think we'll be in a good position and all that. But then he was also specifically asked if he expects to have like what the full lineup. And he said, yeah, I think we should, we should have it or something like that. We will have everyone we expect to have, or I forget what his exact words were. Be in a good spot. I think. <laughs> oh, I'm going to look this up real quick. Okay. So Eric Boland tweeted this out uh, yesterday aka monday the 19th the yankees had some unvaccinated players as a spring training they would not be eligible to play in the in toronto in the series that starts may 2nd if not vaccinated at least 14 days in advance of arriving boone said today quote yes he expects to have everyone available for that series so if he expects to have everyone available for that series that's probably a good sign but again it's not really 100 percent clear and it's still very annoying and frustrating that they won't just come out and say yeah we're vaccinated shut up leave us alone or yeah we're not i'm an idiot leave me alone it's like oh, the other. who knows <laughs> yeah so again we'll find out fully sooner rather than later because we're approaching that fast but hopefully tiktok guys maybe. so yeah i mean at this point because it's going to be a big blow to not have aaron judge or anthony rizzo obviously Judge hasn't gone off on one of his hairs, but he's still just a presence on that lineup. And Rizzo, both defensively and you know he's been uh, he's been uh, fine offensively as well. Like he has been, uh, he yeah. hasn't been as good as he was that first uh, opening series, but he's still been you know productive at the plate. Those are two big bats to miss. Then, if that's the case, both and but not just bats, gloves too, because defensively they're both amazing too. Yeah, I advise uh, the Yankees playing with all their best players against the best team in the American League. Maybe so. <laughs> yeah, I know this is a hot take. Ser- at least they split the series with them and but then just embarrass themselves against the Wolves. Yeah, that was anyway. But <laughs> but back to the the schedule a little bit too. John had a good article talking about how. The other teams that are probably going to be the Yankees' toughest opponents this year are going to be beating up on each other the next couple of weeks. So they really need to take advantage of playing these teams that are not expected to be into the mix. So that means taking care of business in Detroit, Cleveland, then actually playing the Orioles better. I know this is a big mm-hmm. ask, but just got to do it. Yeah. And like at this point, like I don't even care how ugly the wins come by. Just get the wins, take advantage of the schedule, and figure, hey, you know, like the, the game in Detroit, like it started off looking like it, this is going to turn into a laugh or then it turned into just like a typically annoying 2021, 2022 Yankees game. But at the end of the day, they won the game and that's what matters. So scrape out those wins as ugly as they are, but hopefully make them, you know, not less, make them less ugly. Yeah. Shout out to the uh, Tigers defense for uh, bailing the Yankees lineup out of that game because, yes. oh boy, did they look bad. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take a short ad break and we'll be right back. And we're back. So uh, what next? I think we'll go with our Yankee and uh, Manfred of the week. Yes. The Yankee and Manfred of the week. The Manfred of the week is Manfred for uh, (laughs) these stupid large Jersey ads or whatever. Yeah. right. (laughs) Do you want to go first or you can go first. 
So my Yankee of the week is none other than Nestor Cortez's mustache, aka Nestor Cortez. But yeah, I mean, we talked about it pretty much in detail, but you know, he had a, he looked very good against Toronto and then just looked awesome against the O's 12, 12 strikeouts and the immaculate inning and his lo- previous career high of 11 strikeouts came against the O's last year too. So I, I think he just, He's the new uh, orange theory where remember when Glaber was good and he used to like love hitting against the Orioles. Now it's just Nestor who loves pitching against the Orioles. Yes. Well, we will watch out for um, Nestor Cortez in 2024, but for now it's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll have Matt keep an eye on this in case he needs to follow up his orange theory article. <laughs> yeah. At least someone steps up their game against the Orioles, but whatever. Yes. <laughs> My Yankee of the week will be DJ LeMahieu. It's good to see him come on a little bit in the past week and come up with some big hits, too. He had a big insurance run RBI last night to make it more than just a one-run lead with Chapman on the mound, which I always appreciate. But he's just looked very comfortable at the plate, too. It's very much looked like the DJ of 2019 to 20 versus the one from last year. And I think maybe part of it is he is just, like, healthy and feels good with comfortable with the swing again. So... Uh, we'll just hope that it keeps going. Yeah, the more he plays like this, the more he produces like this, the more credibility you give to the theory that he was just playing hurt last year, which is stupid in and of itself, but whatever, <laughs> well, that's a discussion for another day. But yeah, it's just happy. It's it, it's just good to see him back at it and um, producing and being the guy that the Yankees thought they were getting when they re-signed him after yeah. his initial two years, which were just phenomenal. So hopefully he spreads the consistency around a little bit and, you know, gets the other guys going too. Um, But yeah, definitely good to see him. And I'll give an honorable mention to Aaron Hicks for the same reason. Yeah. Aaron Hicks has looked great. So thank you for, again, responding to our uh, frustrated pleas on the podcast last week. So (laughs) maybe, uh, maybe Glaber or Gallo will do it this time around. That'd be nice. (laughs) I'll I'll take Glaber or Garrett, whoever wants to, you know, step up. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe Joey Gallo will just strike out of that pitch again. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it's it's weird to note like a guy on a six year contract just recently signed having to you know prove his lineup worth. But I'm glad that DJ has done this immediately because his position I think is the most susceptible to randomly ending up on the bench. But he's made it so that Boone really can't take him out of the lineup, or if he does, that he gets rightfully scorned. So right. You got to keep playing him. Yeah, sorry, like, Glaber. Give him, a, give him a rest day here and there. That's fine. But like, he's he's an everyday player. Um, yeah, he should be he should be at second base primarily. But if you want to give uh, Josh Donaldson or Anthony Rizzo a day, obviously he can cover there. And then you you that's where Glaber is going to find his playing time right now is when DJ's covering uh, JD or Rizzo, and then yeah. he can slide into second. Yeah. So hooray, DJ LeMahieu. The machine back? Question the machine. Mark? Hopefully. All right. Who's your man for the week? Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Garrett Cole. Uh, I, I know he wasn't a big baby. <laughs> he wasn't a big baby about it this week, but he was still bad. Yeah. Um. Obviously, you know, he looked good against the rest of the, the Toronto lineup last week. Uh. But then he just let Vlad own him, and that's fair. Like you know, superstars are gonna do that, but he owned him a little bit too much for my comfort. Like I get that. He's lied, but you're also Garrett Cole. Like, I don't mind if he hits, you, like, beats you once, but, like, to just beat you up the whole time is not really what you want to see. And then against Detroit, again, cold weather, delays because of injury and this, that. 
that's fine. But again, you're Garrett Cole. You 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 got to be better. Yeah, that's we yeah we've gone over this ad nauseum at this point. But Garrett Cole is Garrett Cole for a reason. We we, we think he'll turn it around. It's just frustrating to watch him do this. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. And you expect better. <laughs> and it feels like anybody else who struggled the way Garrett did, you kind of just like you you know you think about it like all right yeah whatever like. Okay, sure, Vlad is going to beat Jameson Tyon, or okay, Nestor can't handle the cold, sure, whatever. But again, you're Garrett Cole, in case you didn't know. Yeah, maybe he forgot. <laughs> maybe he forgot he's Garrett Cole. Yeah, maybe. Am yeah, I maybe, Andrew yeah. Heaney? Yeah, oh no. <laughs> well, I think his next start will be a, a day game. So uh, hopefully the weather will not cause an issue, but hopefully he doesn't maybe find Billy anything Crystal else. will be there. Ah. <laughs> Billy Crystal travels to Cleveland or back at home. I don't know when he'll next start. His next start will be. But... Yeah, yeah. I think Garrett Cole will play Cleveland. Hopefully, Billy Crystal will be barred from entering the stadium. Just to be safe. <laughs> All right, and my man for the week is uh, Joey Gallo. Yeah, he sucks right now. <laughs> There's not much else to say. Honestly, I looked up the numbers since our last podcast. He is one for twenty with ten strikeouts. Yeah, that's. I didn't even want bad. to look at the numbers because I figured they're somehow going to be worse than I even imagined. And yep. Yep. Yeah, he had a <laughs> he had a multi hit game actually on April 11th, and since then he has had one hit period. So that's that's great. Huzzah. Yeah, he's in that phase where he just looks lost at the plate too. Esteban has some good tweets about this, where he's just like staring at fat pitches, swinging at bad ones. It's it's rough. It's rough. Yeah. Maybe he needs a couple days off or something, but yeah. but stand out yeah, there. And then, and the the yeah, I was gonna say like the alternative isn't really great. Because... Yeah, the, I guess the alternative is like, hey, now we gotta get Glaber in the lineup, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, or uh, Tim LaCastro. Tim LaCastro, <laughs> which like no. Yeah, Ugh, Gallo. Sheesh. Yeah. Fun well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> go Yankees, go baseball. Happy yeah. 420 to those who celebrate. <laughs> yeah, well, 420 will be over by the time this goes up. So I hope you had a good 420. Yes. <laughs> yes. But yeah, actually, this is a a personal milestone for me because I remember my and my senior thesis was due on 420 in 2012. So 10 years ago, I submitted my thesis and then it was just like, hooray, I don't care about anything. So congratulations. Yes. Congratulations you to 2012 the, you Mearns. Are now, you are now the Yankee. Well, 2012 Mearns is the Yankee of the week. This yeah, week. it's true. He had so much to look ahead to and so much Sorry, to squander to. <laughs> Sorry, Nestor. The belt has been taken away from you. <laughs> yeah. But you can follow us on Twitter at Pittsburgh Valley. Follow me on Twitter at Mearns BSA. Skipping the crunch stuff. And yeah, let's see the Yankees actually score some runs. Keep the pitching going and keep the good and keep the positive energy up. We're trying to not dwell on all the negatives that the offense is trying to instill in us. So let's hope that the they're adjusted to the hitting philosophy, they score some runs, and things get better. Yeah, hoping for a happier podcast again next week. <laughs> yes, yeah, we we rebounded from utter despair to well, whatever. Which yeah. I suppose is thankful that we did not have the podcast immediately after the Orioles series because that would have just been despair. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Hooray. All right. Bye, everyone.
See ya.